If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Good morning to you and welcome to CBS This Morning. It's Friday. The weekend is here, October 9th, 2020. I'm Gail King with Anthony Mason and Tony DeCopel. We're going to begin with the growing political fallout from alleged terrorist plot to violently overthrow the Michigan state government. Six men connected with a right-wing group are charged with trying to carry out an elaborate plan to kidnap the Democratic governor of Michigan. Seven others are charged with providing material support. The group allegedly wanted to try Governor Gretchen Whitmer for what they call treason or potentially kill her. Jeff Begase is in Washington. Jeff, how did law enforcement stop this plot? Well, it took a lot of FBI resources, that is for sure. It took undercover operatives, confidential informants, and dozens of recordings. Investigators tell us this is a plot that been, had been in the planning stages since about June. The group even had a meeting planned for this week until the FBI moved in. According to an FBI affidavit, the alleged conspirators met in a room under a trap door in a home, spent the summer training with firearms and explosives, and tried to recruit 200 men to storm the state capitol building and take hostages, including Governor Whitmer, who they planned to try for treason. The alleged conspirators used operational security measures, including communicating by encrypted messaging platforms and used code words and phrases. Prosecutors say the group eventually decided to kidnap Whitmer at her vacation home, even going so far as to conduct surveillance there. One of the alleged ringleaders, Adam Fox, said that Governor Whitmer has uncontrolled power right now and described the plan as a snatch and grab. Another, Barry Croft, later stated, all good things must come to an end. Governor Whitmer has faced significant pressure from right-wing groups for her refusal to lift strict coronavirus lockdowns, something that also made her a favorite target of President Trump, who in April tweeted, liberate Michigan. Later that month, two of the suspects are seen at the Capitol with armed militia groups that have been storming the building to fight pandemic restrictions. Some of the suspects were also visible online, their social media accounts riddled with anti-government and pro-gun views. These politicians that keep robbing us and taking our money. But information gathered through confidential informants is what ultimately foiled their alleged plot. Yesterday, Governor Whitmer thanked law enforcement for their efforts, while also pointing the blame at President Trump for what she says is legitimizing the actions of extremist groups. The President of the United States stood before the American people and refused to condemn white supremacists and hate groups like these two Michigan militia groups. The president responded last night. And, you know, I see Whitmer today. She's complaining, but it was our Justice Department that arrested the people that she was complaining about. It was my Justice Department that arrested them. 
the militia group identifies itself as the Wolverine Watchman. Not in the court papers is whether President Trump's statements or actions influence the group in any way. If convicted on all these charges, the suspects face up to life behind bars. Gail. I'll take this one. Jeff, thank you very much. All the more concerning now, just 20 odd days to Election Day itself. And speaking of Election Day, President Trump says he would like to get back on the campaign trail by tomorrow, just eight days after being hospitalized for the coronavirus. And he's been appearing in videos and doing phone interviews where he says he's doing just fine. Ben Tracy's at the White House for us. Ben, good morning to you. What's the president's doctor saying? Good morning. Well, the president's physician, Dr. Sean Conley, released this brief update last night in which he says that the president is responding well to treatment. And he but what this does not say is whether or not the president is still contagious or if he has tested negative for the virus. And Dr. Conley himself said President Trump would not be out of the woods until Monday. Now he's saying the president might be able to campaign Saturday. Yeah, I just saw the doctors today. They think I'm in great shape. I'm in great shape. In an interview Thursday night, President Trump claimed again that he's feeling great, but his voice noticeably broke on two occasions. Oh, and I think the first debate, they, but I will say this, absentee is okay, because absentee ballots, excuse me. The president says he's getting ready to get back on the campaign trail, despite CDC guidelines that recommend getting two negative COVID tests before ending isolation. The president is, uh, shall we say, uh, in an altered state right now. The news comes as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi plans to form a commission today to review President Trump's fitness for office. She's concerned about his behavior while taking the powerful steroid dexamethasone. His disassociation from reality would be funny if it weren't so deadly. President Trump fired back, tweeting, Crazy Nancy is the one who should be under observation. I went into the hospital a week ago. I was very sick. And I took this medicine, and it was incredible. The president claims he's cured and possibly immune, even though there is no cure and immunity is still being studied. My understanding is that it's just private medical history. The White House is still refusing to say when the president last tested negative for COVID, which would help determine how long he's been infected and who he may have exposed to the virus. There are now 25 people associated with President Trump or events here at the White House who have now tested positive for the virus. Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he's not been here to the White House in two months because he doesn't think they're taking the right precautions. Gail. All right, Ben, thank you. Joe Biden campaigned in Arizona yesterday following news that the next presidential debate could be in jeopardy. Now, President Trump says he will refuse to debate Joe Biden after the commission that runs the event announced that it would be virtual. Ed O'Keefe reports on the latest drama. President Trump insists he wants to take on Joe Biden, but only face to face. It all began Thursday when the Commission on Presidential Debates suddenly announced that next Thursday's debate will be virtual without consulting either campaign. The president and his team said he'll do a rally instead. The Biden camp initially said they'd be happy to do a virtual debate on October 15th, but later announced they'll do their own town hall that night. Donald Trump's choosing not to show up. We're going to go do a town hall and have Joe Biden talk directly to the American people. The debate over debates came as everyone but the president campaigned in the key battleground state of Arizona Thursday. Vice President Mike Pence was there fresh off his VP debate performance. Some people think we did all right. 
But so were Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, appearing together on the trail for the first time since their convention. Democrats want to turn Arizona blue for the first time since 1996. The CBS News Battleground Tracker shows Biden up five points in the Grand Canyon state. In Phoenix, he praised Harris for her debate performance. You got to give me great credit for knowing how to pick him, right? And he slammed the president for referring to Harris as a, quote, monster. It's obvious he cannot, he has great difficulty dealing with strong women. Great difficulty. The debate commission says their next meetup is on next Thursday if the two candidates want to change their schedules and show up. The Biden campaign says, no, we'll see you on the 29th, and that that debate should become the one where the candidates take questions from voters. The Trump campaign says, how about we just push the two of them back, hold the next one on the 22nd, and then the third and final on October 29th. Biden campaign says, nope, that's too close to the election. Tony, you need a diagram on the pile of 2020. Well, I was going to say you're going to need a diagram to keep track of it all, but we know you will keep us posted, Ed. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to turn now to Louisiana, which is preparing for another hurricane to strike tonight. Cars stretched for miles on Interstate 10 yesterday, where people were driving west away from Hurricane Delta's projected impact. Delta is now a Category 3 uh, storm, gaining strength as it approaches the Gulf Coast. And it is likely to ravage an area where another storm in late August caused more than 30 fatalities. Our lead national correspondent, David Begno, is in Jennings, Louisiana. That's between Lake Charles and Lafayette. David, good morning to you. Good morning. It is a ghost town. That's because Jennings and the Jeff Davis Paris area are under a mandatory evacuation order. Listen, the story over the last 24 hours has been those people who lost their home six weeks ago and had to find a temporary spot are now evacuating yet again because Delta's arrival tonight. Turn off the light, baby. Jen Shirley and her four kids packed up their rental home yesterday to evacuate yet again. Put it this way. The family relocated to Broussard just over a month ago after Hurricane Laura damaged their home in Lake Charles, about 82 miles away. This is what their home looks like now. Jen's husband, Matt, had to stay behind. Now, where's your dad? He's trying to provide money for us, so that's why we're here without him. But now, Hurricane Delta is forcing the Shirleys to leave their Broussard refuge. How does everybody feel about evacuating again? Whoa. <laughs> I'm worried about the debris. And like, there's so many people in tents yeah. back in Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana is still reeling from the devastation inflicted by Hurricane Laura back in late August. Blue tarps handed out by FEMA protect thousands of damaged homes here in Lake Charles. There's like a physical preparation and a mental preparation. 23-year-old Cassidy Landry worked her last shift at New News Grocery Store in Milton, Louisiana, before heading to Houston with her mother, sister, and brother. They sat in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic for hours. You know who also evacuated to Houston? The Shirleys. But what should have taken three hours to get there turned into a nine-hour haul. Come on, boo. As they settled in for another night away from home, Jen told us she fears the future back in her hometown of Lake Charles. I know our kids would be fine because, I mean, I'm a mama hen. I protect them really well. But it's just, you know, the unknown. Those Shirleys have such a hopeful attitude. You know, when they do go back to Lake Charles, which they hope is right after Delta passes, they're going to be living in a trailer, which is parked 
in their front yard. By the way, Louisiana's governor has told people in the direct path of the storm, you should prepare to be on your own for 48 to 72 hours before we are able to get to you in a worst case scenario. By the way, here in Jennings, I mean, the only people on the street right now are the cops. Most everything is boarded up. It is empty. This is going to be the bullseye spot, so to speak, when Delta hits Louisiana. Tony. Boy, David, stay safe out there. Thank you very much. CBS News meteorologist and climate specialist Jeff Berardelli is watching Delta's expected path over the next 24 hours, which are critical. Jeff, good morning to you. The storm is now at Category 3. What's going to happen at landfall? Good morning, Tony. So we think it's probably going to weaken because water temperatures are a bit cooler. But this is a formidable storm right now. Still has winds around 120 miles an hour, making it a major hurricane. But as the storm begins to move north, it will begin to weaken. Take a look. That red water right there, 82, 83 degrees. But this, 79 degrees. That's why we think it's going to weaken. And what's amazing about this, as it makes landfall early this evening, late this afternoon, it's only going to be 20 miles from where Laura made landfall just six weeks ago. That was a Cat 4. This is going to be a Cat 2, Cat 3. But it's strong and it's large. Hurricane force winds double what they were when it was over the Caribbean. That's typical. Storms grow in size over time. But look at all these Cat 2, Cat 3 winds with compromised, vulnerable structures. So we're likely to see lots of damage, unfortunately, in this area. And by the way, around 7 to 11 feet of storm surge. By tomorrow morning, the storm should begin to weaken. And I will also mention to you that once this makes landfall, it is the 10th system to make landfall this season that breaks a record and we're at 25 named storms we get to 28 we tie we get to 29 we break a record for the most hurricanes most tropical systems in any season anthony not a landmark you like to see jeff great to see you in the studio though great again. to be here welcome back wonderful the number of coronavirus cases is rising faster than we've seen in weeks. More than 56,000 Americans reported cases yesterday in the U.S., the largest daily increase since mid-August. More than 3,000 of them are in Wisconsin, where drivers lined up in Madison waiting for hours to get tested. Is what It was the state's largest one-day number yet. Mola Lenghi is in Milwaukee, where officials say this is a very serious problem. Right now in the state of Wisconsin, we are in a bad place. Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett says Wisconsin's surge in coronavirus hospitalizations is, quote, very dangerous. We continue to be in the top five in both the per capita number of cases and the total number of cases. Um, that's not where we want to be at all. In Madison this week, high demand for COVID tests led to long lines and wait times of up to three hours. This Wisconsin medical facility says hundreds of staffers are out sick or in quarantine, with hospitalizations up about 500 percent. Health officials say a perfect storm of factors is behind the surge. We initially saw the increases in colleges and universities. That certainly spread well beyond those boundaries. I almost accepted I was going to die. 19-year-old Alexandria Rakowski of Kenosha, Wisconsin, contracted the virus in April. She spent more than two weeks in the hospital barely able to breathe. She still suffers from rashes and hair loss. I'm also a musician. I study clarinet and, you know, I used to be able to go for hours, no problem. Now it can go for about 35 minutes and I have coughing fits. Uh, my chest burns. I can't catch my breath. I'm sure you see folks out in the community, out in, out in the world who are maybe disregarding some of the guidelines. What do you think when you see that? I always say it feels like a slap in the face. It's a lack of empathy. It's heartbreaking. 
Well, the governor here in Wisconsin has ordered bars and restaurants to limit capacity to 25 percent. That's down from 50 percent where it was. As health officials say, every single in the uh, single county in the state is seeing high levels of cases. Meanwhile, the virus continues to impact the NFL. For the second straight week, the New England Patriots and the Tennessee Titans are delaying their games for a week as members of both organizations, players and staff, have tested positive for the virus, including 23 in Tennessee, Gail. Well, Mola, thank you very much. It's just, guys, another reminder that we are still in the middle of a coronavirus yes, yes. pandemic. And, and you don't know if you're <laughs> you the can't one rush who it. has a, a really bad reaction. We yes. saw that young musician. Yes. yes. And you can... You, I, I got something on my throat. Oh. Carry on. <laughs> no, it's, it's... I'm about to have a really bad that coffee young woman, you, As you point out, you just yeah. don't know where this is going to hit or how severely it's going to yep. hit. Yeah. You There's recover. so much, we say this all the time, but there is so much we don't know about the disease or the long-term implications from people who even get a mild case. Because yeah. it lingers. Yeah, it, it does. It lingers. Please be careful, people. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get your morning news in under 20 minutes and daily podcast original. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS's weird Lord of the Flies-style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. Hi, I'm Misha Brown, and I'm the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Each episode, comedians join me to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently on The Big Flop, we looked at the reality TV show, The Swan. The problem, this dream opportunity quickly became a viewing nightmare. They were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.